0: Toxic
1: people like to instill self-doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: if you if you question your decision, little decisions like, you know, what you should wear, you're never going to make the big decision of leaving the toxic relationship. And when you leave a toxic relationship, you are going to grieve the relationship. It's it's the death of something that you thought was going to be something good. Mm-hmm. But when you step out of a toxic relationship, the toxic person doesn't grieve the same thing. The only thing they feel is the loss of control of you, which makes them insecure. Mm -hmm. So they do and try everything they can to suck you back in because if they can regain control of you, they feel secure. I had my hair a completely different color because he thought I should be blonde. They -hmm. don't want you to be solid in your values. They don't want you to be solid in who you are. They don't want you to have self-confidence. They don't want you to be successful because if you have all that, you're a lot harder to control. Mm -hmm. So they strip you of a lot of things, but because it's such a slow process, You
0: don't realize it. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome to the On Call Empath Show. I'm your host Raj Montage. I am so excited for my next guest. Her name is Dr. Heidi Brock. She is a toxic. Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist. She basically turned her past passion into now helping and healing others who's been affected by toxic relationships, emotional abuse, and narcissist behavior. She's been in the healthcare game for 24 years and now has moved on to helping others uh, that are feel trapped in their unhealthy relationships. She's been seen on Forbes, Time Magazine, and uh, definitely got me turned on to it uh, through her podcast. I'm a big fan of you. Uh, Heidi, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yes, and finally, I've been trying to get you on, and you have such a great podcast and, and so many things with trauma and narcissist abuse, and just for a lot of people that are stuck right now in toxic relationships, especially with COVID going on, um. So if you could just tell us a little bit about you, I know that you were a dairy farmer's daughter for a little bit and, you know, you grew up in a, in a uh, background in a, with your mother and daughters. How did that all, you know, pan out and doing what you're doing now?
1: Well, I grew up in a little town in Montana, mm-hmm. so very secluded, Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of the stories you hear about people that are in toxic relationships, sometimes it goes back to a toxic upbringing. Um, I cannot attribute my stepping into an unhealthy relationship to that because I don't remember ever. I mean, yes, me and my sisters fought, obviously, but I, I had a very normal, happy, calm, peaceful upbringing. Um, In Mm -hmm. fact, just this week, my parents celebrated their 54th wedding anniversary. So that's kind of a big deal.
0: Um, (laughs) And so,
1: yes. And so I was always kind of confused how um, I ended up in the relationship that I did um, because I was so sheltered. I really think I left Montana thinking everybody was good and everybody had my best interest in mind because those were the only type of people I had ever known
0: because the community was so small. Right. Yeah, and so, like, now you're you're basically helping so many people that, that feel trapped in a toxic relationship. Um, I can tell, like, I mean, just your voice, like, on the podcast is so calming, but you say that you're actually pretty loud, and <laughs> you, you're a troublemaker, <laughs> and you like country songs, <laughs> which is hard to believe, because on your podcast, you're just so, like calm and, and collected and I'm like, I wish I can be like that, but I want to be screaming well, and yelling.
1: <laughs> well it's funny because on my podcast, I, I don't listen to them. I'll sometimes listen to them a few weeks <laughs> later, but I never listen to them before I publish them because I don't want to hear I don't want to be judgmental of myself. So I record them and I publish them. And so when I talk to clients who've listened to my podcast, a lot of them say, Your voice is so calming. And it it cracks me up every time because I always say I'll make sure that my daughters and all my friends know how calming my voice is because I'm like the loudest, most obnoxious <laughs> thing when it comes to being. It's hard to
0: hard to believe, but no, I mean, I just that was one of the things that got me because, like, when when you're speaking to somebody that's been through trauma, especially a lot of people that are tuning in today, they're trauma victims. They do need somebody who's not only been through it, but actually knows how to communicate and get right to the source of the problem you know, how did you get started in this career? And, you know, why did you decide to choose this as your full time job?
1: Well, when people ask me about that, I, I always have to be honest, if somebody would have told me 10 years ago, I would be doing this, I would have never believed them. So Mm -hmm. this was not something that I chose. This is something that definitely chose me. Um, I left Montana to go to chiropractic school. And I just, I just ended a 25 year career in chiropractic and acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very rewarding. I I liked it. I liked chiropractic. I liked seeing the patients. Um, but to me it was always, it always still felt like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, after exiting a toxic relationship, I spent about four or five years not talking about it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I put a lot into my recovery. So then when I decided I wanted to start adding to my chiropractic office, I decided to start coaching. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're a healthcare provider, you're coaching and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up realizing that, that the people that were coming to me for help in like making themselves a priority and self confidence and, you know, self worth type work, I started using examples from my past without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And and even though I would catch myself and then I'd think, Oh, I don't know if I really want to tell that story, these people that were coming to me would say something like, That's exactly what I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in a relationship exactly like that. That's why I need help. Mm-hmm. And so I actually um just started throwing some of the character traits of the toxic person out onto my coaching page and my coaching page doubled in like three months. So it was very evident to me that that was something somebody wanted. So I just jumped in with two feet. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, but (laughs) I 100% knew that my past had enough in it Mm -hmm. that I could definitely be the person Mm -hmm. that I needed when I was going through it for people.
0: Yes. Very inspiring. And I mean, just to start off here, I mean, what I like to do is just kind of get your take on defining, and you know, what is a toxic relationship. And just on a side note, obviously, this is not medical advice or anyone that's listening. This is just for educational purposes. Definitely see a, uh, you know, a licensed physician or a healthcare provider if you're having any uh, health issues or mental health issues. But uh, as far as like a toxic relationship is concerned... What are some of the key pieces that that you would say that sticks out for most of your clients?
1: Okay. Going back to what you just said, yeah, I want to make it clear to the listeners, I am not a counselor or a therapist. My doctor title comes from doctor of chiropractic. Um, I work very closely with therapists and counselors. Um, they have a definite place. So, um, the difference between me and a therapist and a counselor is I do a ton of education. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do education is because it wasn't until I could look back at my situation that I could understand it. Mm-hmm. And when you're standing in the middle of what we call a toxic relationship, it's very confusing and it's very cloudy. Like I would have never thought I was in something that was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I thought I was in something that I needed to to do better at, or I needed to change, or I needed to fix so that the relationship would get better. It would have never occurred to me that I was in something that was abusive. So, mm-hmm. um, taught the education goes hand in hand with the treatment that your counselors mm-hmm. and your therapists and your mental health professionals provide. So I work, you know, co co-work with some of the therapists cause I can do all the education and they can do the treatment. Mm-hmm. So that's basically, you know, what I'm going to try to do today is get a little bit of education out there for
0: you. So you're more of a, uh, like an educator is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah
1: and really, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but back to what is what is a toxic relationship? Yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: We know that term is flying all over the place right now, and I use toxic as a blanket phrase because toxic mm-hmm. is not a diagnosis, And the toxic relationship that I'm talking about is any relationship in the status that it's in that is unhealthy for you mentally, physically or emotionally.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we're not just talking about intimate relationships. Toxic relationships are in every type of relationship. They're in uh, relationships with friends. They're in relationships with families. They're parent sibling relationships or parent um, parent child relationships. They're in sibling relationships. They can be in work type environments. And so, you know, I think when people talk about emotionally abusive or um, toxic relationship, our minds immediately go to the marriage or you know right. the dating world, and mm-hmm. it. Ex- it extends so far from that. And it's not discriminatory. Toxic relations are in every social class. They're in every religion. They're in every gender. They're in, Mm -hmm. you know, everywhere. And so it's, it's a big blanket phrase that I use just, just for any relationship that might be unhealthy for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. And especially nowadays, I mean, personally, I know for myself with, especially with a lot of past employers, uh, you know, things like that, I had no idea until like, hindsight looking back, and I'm like, what they were doing was not right. (laughs) And had I known, um, you know, just like, for instance, listening to a couple of your episodes, it just clicked and it hit me hard. And it just kind of put me in in a state where I'm just like, how did I put up with that? So my next question is, how does someone know if if they've been in a a relationship that that's healthy for them or not, like what are some of the questions? Like, let's say someone's listening right now and they're stuck with somebody that may be toxic. What are some of the questions that they can ask themselves?
1: Okay. So I have a, I have a list of things, but this is not all inclusive, obviously. sure. Um, Usually when you are in a relationship that might not be healthy for you, you have, you have a feeling that something's wrong. Or mm-hmm. there's something along the line that you've, you've tried to fix, you've tried to make it better, but you've just been unable to put your finger on exactly what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the first things I teach and what I talk about is there's, there's a feeling of tension mm-hmm. when a toxic person is around. And it takes a few interactions with them for you to realize that you might not be safe around this person. And you might mentally not realize that you're not safe around this person. But when you have that feeling of mm-hmm. tension... And you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, the toxic boss enters the room and your stomach goes, uh ah. right. You know, that's our body's natural defense mechanism telling us something's wrong. Okay. But we don't think of it that way, especially mm-hmm. like in the beginning of like an intimate relationship, because there's all butterflies and mm-hmm. excitement anyway. So right. you don't really, you can't really put your finger on that tension feeling. But as the relationship goes on, you'll realize that your body knows where it's safe and your body mm-hmm. knows, knows when it's not safe. And that feeling right. of tension will show up when your body knows it's not safe. So if you have that feeling, you know, when the garage door shuts or the text comes through your phone and you feel your mm-hmm. body tense up, that's, yeah. one of the, that's one of the first ones I want to make sure that people recognize. Um, the, other, the other thing I hear people like when they call me and they want to tell me about their relationship because they're not sure if it's healthy or not. I hear things like, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. It's never the right thing. I never, I'm never, i never able to get approval from this person. Um, they, they're constant criticisms. There's always something wrong with me. Uh, another one of the things that I hear all the time is, it doesn't matter what happens, it's always my fault. Even if it's something that's clearly somebody else's fault, I end up taking the blame for it.
0: And the crazy part is, and this is not, I mean... This is what I've experienced where people say that maybe I'm a little bit too sensitive. And guess what? I am. And there's, and I'm not ashamed to say that uh, because if someone is treating me bad, I'm going to say something now. Had I not known everything up to today, I would have just kept taking it and thought it was normal. Um, But what do you have to say when someone's suffering and they're going through a toxic relationship and let's say they go to somebody like a friend or Somebody that cares about them and says, you know, just let it go. You know, just you're too sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. I mean, you got something good going on. They're paying you well. They're paying for your, you know, house or your car or something where they latch onto you, but they're still abusing that person. How does somebody that's listening right now in in this podcast that are tied, whether it's a golden handcuffs at a job or a spouse or a family, what are some things that they can cut that cord and just because one of the, Biggest thing is getting away from a toxic relationship. So what what is your take on that? How do you cut that cord when when you're like basically bound to this person financially or, or mentally?
1: Okay, so this opens up a whole huge thing. So I had thought about this question um, <laughs> only because you and I had talked briefly about it yeah. uh, last yeah. week. When I go back to what I teach, what I teach is we all know what they do. If I told you to make a list of all the people that were unhealthy for you in your life and write down what they do, you would write till next week when we talk again, right? Mm -hmm. But when, when there's a toxic person in your life, again, I'm using toxic as a blanket phrase, so it doesn't incorporate everyone, but toxic people in general are insecure in themselves. So they use the people around them to feed them things that make them feel secure. And the things that they're seeking to make them feel secure are things like control, power, attention, and admiration. If they can feel those things from other people, they feel more secure in themselves. Okay. People like you had just mentioned you're sensitive. Okay. Sensitive, kind, caring, loving, giving people are going to be targets for people Mm -hmm. with a toxic personality, because we are very willing to help. We're willing to give, we're willing to, you know, do anything we can to, to make people happy. Mm -hmm. So when you have the sensitive, caring, giving, I like being around people personality, you almost have to make sure that you know how to spot the red flags of a toxic person, because Mm -hmm. you are going to attract them. Mm -hmm. Because they're looking for a level of security in themselves that they're expecting other people in their life to supply.
0: So, for example,
1: um, in my program, when I when I teach or when I when I have a private client, I have I teach the 21 character traits of the toxic person. Twenty one character traits or we know them as red flags are what toxic people use to gain the control, power, attention and admiration so they feel secure. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And one of those things I was going to say, one of the character traits you were just talking about, when you bring something up to them and they immediately turn around and say, Oh, you're just, you're just too sensitive. Or don't you think you're overreacting?
0: Exactly.
1: That's called deflection. Mm -hmm. And toxic people are not going to take responsibility. That's, that's one of the character traits. So when you bring something up to them that you want to communicate about, and they say, don't you think you're too sensitive? Now the problem is no longer what you wanted to talk about. Now the problem is that you're too sensitive. So it does two things. It allows them to get away with whatever it was you wanted to talk about. And it teaches you not to ever bring that up again, because we don't want to be called too sensitive. Right. So everything, everything a toxic person says and everything a toxic person does is geared towards that need to feel secure in themselves. So once you understand not what they're doing, but why they're doing it, you can take your power back from them. And that's basically what I teach people. We know what they do. We could list it all day long, mm-hmm. but do we know why they're doing it?
0: Right. That's, that's very fascinating. In fact, um, I mean, I'm just going to kind of give you a scenario, right? You know, just to see what you, what you think is, I mean, let's say someone out there is living with like a narcissist and a classic narcissist, you know, and they're looking on going non-contact. Now, Let's say they they don't know how to go about it and they come to you, would you be able to help that person guide them slowly um, just to make that transition? Because you know that once they leave, most of them end up either coming back or they, they have a very hard time functioning on their own because of all the, all the years of abuse or whatnot what what would you say would be the best way to kind of slowly get back into your own two feet and and just kind of leave that that to- toxic relationship
1: okay so that's actually exactly what i do i i walk <laughs> people out and then i walk them out through educating them so so as they're trying to get out of this they're understanding what's going on while they're getting out but when you're in a toxic relationship you compromise a lot of things You compromise your values. You compromise your goals. You compromise your hobbies. You give up your family and friends because we want to avoid conflict with these people. Mm -hmm. It's easier for us to have conflict with other people than conflict with the person, the toxic person. So we tend to accommodate to them. Mm -hmm. And toxic people are emotionally abusive people. Now, Mm -hmm. part of the problem is If there's not physical violence in a relationship, it's hard for people to understand that they might be in something abusive. Mm -hmm. So what is emotional abuse and what is an emotional abuser? It's someone who uses your emotions to get what they need. So if they can make you happy, if they can make you sad, if they can make you cry, if they can make you upset, if they can make you feel guilty, it supplies them with one of those four things. And when they Mm -hmm. can see an emotional reaction, It reminds them they're in control of your emotions, which makes them feel more secure. So, if you're in a relationship that's long standing and this person has trained you to give them an emotional reaction when they say a certain thing or do a certain thing, you are so used to your emotions being controlled by somebody else that your attention is on them all the time. So, when you decide to exit, You're so trained to always have your attention on them to avoid conflict, to not make them mad, to don't upset them, to keep them happy, that your brain will just automatically keep your attention on them. So we, you know, they call it a trauma bond. You spend so much time trying to stay one step ahead of the toxic Mm -hmm. person so you can anticipate their behavior. that it's almost when you first leave, you feel completely out of control because you feel closer Mm -hmm. To be safer when you're closer to mm-hmm. this person because you can anticipate the behavior and you know what they're thinking mm-hmm. and you can avoid the conflict. And when you take them out of your life and try to go no contact, mm-hmm. that feeling of being able to read what they're going to do or what they're going to say next, mm-hmm. you don't have that. So it's very difficult for you to just go cold turkey and mm-hmm. not talk. One, you're so conditioned to always have your attention on them. And two, we can't predict what their behavior is or what they're thinking. So we feel very insecure in that type of situation.
0: Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. In fact, any all of you guys that are listening, if you really want to know more about this, there's an episode that, that Heidi did on her podcast called "A Trauma Bonding Explained. That is exactly what got me to contact you because that episode you pretty much break down Everything uh, point by point, and it really hit me hard. Um, especially the way you explained it, because I'm just like, okay, I get a lot of people that, you know, email me and ask me questions like, what do I? Why do I feel like sick when I'm alone and there's not chaos going on, and I can't be alone because all these years this person's been through traumatic experience. Now, when that's absent, and you're in an actual normal um environment where people are actually treating you like a human being or maybe you're just by yourself for the first time alone things are going to come up and i think that's where trauma bond is like huge especially for the you know empaths out there because they're the ones that are attracting all these toxic people but then once they leave them they start to feel like all these symptoms um i don't know yeah
1: oh I'm sorry. No, go uh, ahead. If, you think, if you think about it, if you go back to the four things that the toxic person needs to feel secure, attention is one of them. Mm. They become, toxic people become very addicted to chaos and drama because mm-hmm. if they're in the middle of chaos and drama, who's getting the attention? Right. They are. So you, if you have been in a long-standing relationship or if you've been raised by somebody like this, there's always chaos and drama going on. So you become very accustomed to it. You mm-hmm. become very accustomed to trying to stay one step ahead. So when you step out and you're sitting in your cute little apartment thinking, oh, I'm so glad that relationship is over and now I'm going to feel peace, you don't feel that and it's very upsetting. And mm-hmm. it's because it's you're so used to something going on or waiting for the other shoe to drop or what's happening next that you, you almost have to give yourself permission to sit in peace because it mm-hmm. feels so uncomfortable to you after leaving a toxic environment. And I think I I probably use this illustration on some of my podcasts, but being in a toxic relationship, you don't all of a sudden have all of these residual effects. It's mm-hmm. a very slow process. It's a training process that they put in a lot of time to get you to respond the way they need you to. So, you know, when you walk into a room that stinks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay, you can smell you can smell the smell in a stinky room until you stay in that room for a long period of time. And the smell goes away. <laughs> right? The reason the smell goes away is because we desensitize to it. Mm-hmm. So being treated poorly and being called names and being criticized, if you hear that stuff every day, you become desensitized to it. So mm-hmm. now that behavior is normal to you. So now the room isn't stinky anymore because mm-hmm. you're used to the smell. Right. You know, so then when you step out of all of that chaos and stuff, you're you, you realize that that was bad. But at the same time, you're so conditioned to being in it that it's, it's very difficult for you to just remove yourself and step out like it like it is to to just quit smoking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the same, you know, it's the same type of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say a lot of things that hit home, especially on your podcast. I mean, each episode. And one of the things that I'm very curious to find out is um what exactly do you teach in through your programs? Um and what um how do you get somebody that's listening right now uh who might be going through a toxic relationship and may after hearing this, they might be questioning themselves, okay, maybe Maybe there is hope for me. What can you say to somebody that's listening right now?
1: Oh, a thousand things. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, Only one. (laughs) Let's see. So what do I teach? Okay. Um, I didn't understand the situation that I was in when I was in it. I didn't understand it until after I was able to get out. So what I teach is I teach the character traits of the toxic person and why they do them. And I teach that for two reasons. One, so you understand the situation you're in now and why this toxic person is acting as such. And two, because you're the type of personality that I'm sorry to tell you, this is the not not the last toxic person you're gonna run into because your personality attracts them. So I teach you to recognize the red flags also. So moving forward in your life, Mm -hmm. when you see a red flag or you see a toxic trait, you now this time will choose yourself rather than feeling like you have mm-hmm. to accommodate yourself to fit into this person's life.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: I used to be the one who walked into a room and hoped somebody in the room would like me. Now I walk into the room and I hope <laughs> there's somebody in there that'll i like.
0: There's a good meme on that, by the way. <laughs> Is
1: there? Yeah. I,
0: I used to think what people think of me, but now I, it's all their way around. When I walk in the room, I want to know if they, you know, if, if I like them kind of thing. Right.
1: You know? But I wasn't <laughs> like that because, you know, we leave toxic relationships questioning ourselves Right. Toxic people like to instill self-doubt
0: mm-hmm. because
1: if you if you question your decision, little decisions like, you know, what you should wear, you're never going to make the big decision of leaving the toxic relationship. And when you leave a toxic relationship, you are going to grieve the relationship. It's it's the death of something that you thought was going to be something good. Mm-hmm. But when you step out of a toxic relationship, the toxic person doesn't grieve the same thing. The only thing they feel is the loss of control of you, which makes them insecure. Mm -hmm. So they do and try everything they can to suck you back in because if they can regain control of you, they feel secure. Wow. So I, so in my programs, I teach all that, but then follow up to that. I remember looking in the mirror after 11 years of marriage and not even recognizing who I was. I didn't speak. I hardly laughed. I had no friends. I had my hair a completely different color because he thought I should be blonde. And toxic people send you through this kind of toxic identity theft type thing. They -hmm. don't want you to be solid in your values. They don't want you to be solid in who you are. They don't want you to have self-confidence. They don't want you to be successful because if you have all that, you're a lot harder to control. Mm -hmm. So they strip you of a lot of things, but because it's such a slow process, you don't realize it in mm-hmm. our value system we put up with things we would never put up with we accept things we would never accept mm-hmm. to keep the chaos and to keep the confrontation down mm-hmm. and so part that i teach is we have to figure out who you are mm-hmm. you know what are your values i have people i ask them what their favorite color is and i get answers like i don't know she always wanted me to wear red oh, Wow. <laughs> <a> grown man <laughs> you don't know what your favorite color is wow. you've clearly had some identity theft going on the last however many years, you've been putting all your attention, all your time and all your energy into this person. And so it's basically reprogram you to start taking that time, energy and attention and putting it back into you because you need to be the priority. So you can make better decisions on who is allowed in your life and who is not.
0: Yes, that's very powerful. And like I said, like a lot of the stuff on your podcast is just these things that pop up. And especially for myself personally, it's like, yep, I did. I kind of knew that, but I needed somebody else to validate and say that I wasn't crazy for thinking this on walking off on a job. I made it felt bad, but it was the, probably the best thing that I could have done for my sanity, for my health, my mental health. And now looking back, it's like, that was a, that was a good decision because I put myself first. So yeah, a lot. Yeah.
1: I think sometimes it's hard to to get the validation you need when you're in it, because unless this is my opinion, but unless somebody has walked that emotional abuse path, they do not understand the depth of the ties Mm -hmm. that you have to those people. So you can tell your friends what's going on and and they'll say something like, well, if it's so bad, why don't you leave?
0: Right, right.
1: Like, (laughs) never thought of that, you know, and and so that's kind of why why I decided to do this. Because I know I understand it. And when I was going through it, none of my friends or my family understood it because none of them had ever been through it. So now when I have clients, I can go, that's, you know, that's exactly what happened to me. I know exactly how you're feeling. I remember it. Mm -hmm. And I think because you were talking about validation, it's just nice to know Mm -hmm. that you're not the only one that has dealt with this type of thing.
0: So it's good to know that obviously there's hope. I mean, if we take the worst cases that you've come across, um, do you think it is possible to live a normal life and and contribute and you know just kind of live your life back to where you should be you know putting yourself first? would you say that that's that is a possibility for someone that's really been through you know hell and back
1: totally possible i mean i'm I'm living proof of it <laughs> i have and do i have walked hundreds of people out
0: mm-hmm. of
1: toxic relationships and pushed them out into their own life and they are doing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's toxic people program us and we just unprogram us. But, um, like this, uh, what, what day is it? The 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, in two months, I'm hosting my fourth national conference. Um, it'll be in the St. Louis area, but I go through my entire program at the conference. And so at there, I have some of my clients come back. Mm-hmm. so that they can answer questions for people because people get sick of hearing Dr. Heidi talk sometimes. Right. Um, and that's really interesting too to be able to hear these past mm-hmm. clients' perspective on their journey through it because everybody's mm-hmm. perspective is different and it just seems like the the community is just getting bigger and bigger. And I have a support group on Facebook, a private support group mm-hmm. online. Um, you know, for people who who don't have a support system that understand them. Mm-hmm. And I think that just knowing that there's other people out there is a huge huge thing for a lot right. of
0: people. Yeah, you're not you're not alone. So whoever's listening to this, I mean, don't think that you're all alone in this world. You know, there are people out there and you don't have to feel embarrassed. Obviously, you heard it from you know, Dr. Heidi um and it is a possibility, a very good chance that you can, you know, live a normal life and and keep moving forward. Um, well, I, won't give,
1: I won't give up on you until you're living a, a normal <laughs>
0: life. Yes, you seem to have a very, very good, you know, a positive background, especially, you know, working um, just on your podcast, just talking about, you know, all these points. But before we take off here, um, can you just tell us where we can find you on, online, on social yes, media? Yes,
1: actually. So, so I work under um, the, the business name Coaching with Dr. Heidi. I do that, obviously, because some people have to find me in secret, so I didn't want anything Mm -hmm. related to toxic relationships. So if you Google Dr. Heidi, I'll probably pop up, or Coaching with Dr. Heidi, that's my website.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I did want to mention on the website, there's something called the Toxicity Profile Analysis, Mm -hmm. and it is a test for people who may feel like they might be being affected by the toxic traits of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a long test. I wrote it for specific reasons. It's 106 questions. You'll get a result, but then the results I get are different. So Mm -hmm. if you take it and would decide to do a consultation with me by the results I get, I can see what type of personality you've been dealing with before we Mm. ever talk on the phone. Um, uh, The support group on Facebook is called Strength Within. Um, And then my podcast is called It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. And it's on all the major platforms and can be searched by the title.
0: Yes, definitely check out her podcast. Very, very, you know, there's a wealth of knowledge in there. Just every episode, there's something that you can find. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for your time today and being on this podcast. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I was excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, check her out and stay tuned for the next episode. We have some great new uh, episodes coming up in the couple of weeks here. So, with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call and